0: Let's bring in Dr. Paul Christo, a pain management expert and a serious XM host. Uh, Dr. Paul Christo, um, explain how should we read the results of this study? Should people watching us now who are taking low-dose aspirin every day be concerned?
1: Yes, I think they should. I think the study was a good one. There were about 19,000 patients in this study, uh, which is huge for research studies, and I think we should listen to it and take pause because, in fact, I have a lot of patients myself that I see who are older adults who are on aspirin, low-dose aspirin, baby aspirin, for example, and I really questioned why. I think that what this study pointed out is that If you are an older adult and taking low-dose aspirin and you don't have a cerebrovascular risk or cardiovascular risk, you probably should stop doing so because of the risks of gastrointestinal bleeding.
2: And for the people who have just, say, suffered a heart attack or might have just suffered a heart attack, it's still useful, though, in those particular cases. Absolutely,
1: absolutely useful in those patients. And I'm talking about, and I think the study was really talking about patients who didn't have a risk of stroke or heart attack. That's a different population altogether. So So for those patients, I think that it is important to maintain low dose aspirin.
0: So as as you say, the study indicates that more people take aspirin than people actually in need for aspirin. Why is it so though?
1: I think a lot of people feel like aspirin is protective, and they want to protect themselves naturally from a heart attack or stroke. And the feeling is that, boy, if I take aspirin, that it will reduce that risk. Well, yes, it will, but only if you're at risk. And I think that it's important for people to talk to their primary care doctor or to their cardiologist or neurologist to determine if indeed they have a risk that necessitates taking low-dose aspirin.
2: Dr. Chris, I want to ask you about another um, interesting medical development, and that is it's a commercial one. Coca-Cola says it's going to start producing a drink, uh, a beverage that has cannabis in it, so that people who want to get cannabis in their systems, they can have it with the latest Coca-Cola product. Explain what the, what the benefit would be for in terms of having a drink laced with cannabis.
1: <laughs> you know, I don't see a health benefit to this at all. Hmm. I, I think this is would do a disservice to our public health. Uh, you know what they're talking about is placing a, a cannabidiol, which is a, a certain form of cannabis, a cannabinoid, actually, in Coca-Cola products. And remember, Coca-Cola products are consumed by you know kids, teenagers, all the way to older adulthood. So I, I can't imagine exposing the entire population virtually to a cannabinoid product. I mean, we we need much more research on cannabidiol as it is for pain control, much less liberally putting it in Coca-Cola products for global consumption.
0: What concerns you the most about it? I mean, you wouldn't let your children, for example, if you have them have it, I guess.
1: (laughs) No, no, you're (laughs) right. I do have them. I wouldn't at at all. My concern is this, that uh, cannabidiol can be very useful from certain studies in terms of its anti-inflammatory products or properties and its um, pain relieving properties, but it also can suppress the immune system. So there's some type of immunosuppressive effect to cannabidiol, and that's a major concern. I mean, sometimes it's important to suppress the immune system, but in other occasions and in other conditions, it's certainly not healthy to suppress the immune system. So that's a major concern that I have.
0: Dr. Paul Christo, thank you, I wrote it down.